Tequila Embajador is the best way to celebrate the big game. That's the Las Vegas way of celebrating. Every sip of Tequila Embajador gives you that feeling that every weekend is one long holiday weekend. You can always make the right play call if you're in Las Vegas by celebrating big plays with a glass of Tequila Embajador at Michael T's Embajador Happy Hour daily between 4 and 6 p.m. The official tequila for Michael T's Steaks, Ribs, Burgers, and Sports Bar at the corner of Warm Springs and Tenea. Big games, big weekends, great fans. Celebrate with Tequila Embajador. And welcome to Coach's Corner on Drive 96.9, 94.9 FM. I'm your host, Coach Jim Bola. And UNLV has hired a men's basketball coach. Kind of uh, interesting hire. Kevin Kruger, son of Lon Kruger, who was the third coach under T.J. Oseberger, was announced yesterday. And uh, we've got his press conference from today. So uh, Kevin Kruger, who has no head coaching experience at all, um, was an assistant at NAU, was an assistant with his father in Oklahoma, and was an assistant at UNLV, has been named by Desiree Reed Francois as the new men's basketball coach of the Running Rebels. Uh, so we've got the press conference. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow in more detail about this. There was not a lot of information at this press conference. Um, so we'll let you judge what's going on. The audio is kind of poor. So I just spent probably 30 minutes editing it out, some of the um, bad things, that just bad connections and things. So you'll just hear questions from individuals uh, to Kevin Kruger, and you also hear Desiree Reed-Francois' uh, introduction from him. So here is Kevin Kruger being introduced as the new head coach at UNLV. All right, so from the beginning, we sought a coach of character who had demonstrated true caring for student-athletes. We sought a coach who understood basketball at the highest levels and who could lead our team to conference titles and deep runs in the NCAA tournament. We sought a coach who could recruit young men of high character and academic dreams. We sought a coach who is a determined leader to build on our foundation. And we sought a coach who believed in culture, shared our university values, and who would make Las Vegas a long-term coach. We found that coach. Having watched Kevin Kruger up close for the last few years, I am confident that he embodies what we need right now for running Mount Rebel basketball. He cares about our student-athletes. He wants to help them achieve their hopes and their dreams. His integrity, self-awareness, steady and consistent leadership, character and determination, coupled with the love for this university, this city, this state, it's unparalleled. He has been preparing for this job his entire life. And he absolutely will win the right way. 
Since this is his day, I won't take time to go, go through his resume as a player and as a coach. And many in our community already know Kevin. They know his story very well. Kevin is what we need, and we are fortunate that he is ours. Please join me in welcoming the head coach of UNLV Runner Rebels, Kevin Kruger. Hello, everyone. Uh, first, Desiree, President Whitfield, I don't know if I can put into words how thankful uh, we are to stay here in Vegas, stay home, and to lead you know, this UNLV program going forward. Also, Mom, Dad, Ange, my family, you know, really you know, thank you. you know, growing up, being there for me, supporting me, pushing me, uh, demanding the most out of me throughout my entire life. I can't put into words how thankful I am to you guys, how appreciative I am, and how excited I am that going forward we all get to do this together as a family. Lastly, Allie, Cammie, you know, I love you both. You know, Allie, you, you'll never meet a happier, more people person than my wife Allie that you'll get to know throughout our time here going forward. And uh, little Cammie, about one and a half, I'm excited for her to be running around the Thomas and Mac Mendenhall, uh, running up to, to you guys and, and supporters and fans and just really being ingrained in this Rebel, Running Rebel program going forward. Um, on a personal note, I, I really haven't been this excited and, uh, to go forward professionally since probably the summer of 2006 when, when I came up to Vegas initially uh, to play as a Running Rebel and for this historic and storied program here at UNLV, and, uh, and, and going forward with that same mentality, that same approach, and, and the same chip on our shoulder that we had during that summer to go into the season in the fall for workouts is, is the same approach that we're going to take going forward uh, as a staff and as a team here for UNLV. Um, you know, that experience as a player, uh, combined with the experience of working here and coaching here over the past few years, I really, really think it has shown, if anything, the connection between UNLV and the city of Las Vegas. Um, and that connection just throughout time, throughout the, the tradition and the, and the games and the, and the coaches and the seasons and the championships that have, have come throughout the years really, really hit home when you stay a part of the program and, and you follow it when you're gone. And, and that's why one of the things we're definitely going to want to do going forward is, is really tie in and, and team up with the city and with the community. Uh, you know, this is Las Vegas' basketball team, and, and we're really excited to be a part of it. And we're really excited to get everybody back together with alumni, former players, former students, and, and all that goes in that. Um, going forward, we, we definitely have a plan and a vision to build on what we've done and put in the last two years, and by first and foremost, graduating leaders. We want people that are proud of their degree from UNLV, and when, and when they walk across that stage at the end, you know, they have a pride to them and a, and a smile that can only come from something that they've been able to accomplish over the four years. But, um, you know, again, we, we can't put into words how excited we are going forward and how much we want to get after it, and I'm, I'm really excited that once we're done here, we're going to meet, you know, as a staff, as a group, and, uh, and determine our plan of attack and, and just get going, get going. But uh, I think with that being said, if, uh, if we want to go to some questions and, and get going, I think we're good there.
Um, yeah, uh, I think, as Desiree mentioned, this is something I've always wanted to do. Um, growing up the son of a coach, uh, you know, the way I look at my parents and my family growing up, I, I knew that by the example they had set that being a college basketball coach was something that I had always dreamed of doing. And playing first and as long as I could uh, was, was the goal, and I, I feel that we accomplished that and did that. And uh, moving over to the coaching world, I think, was a, a natural progression to stay a part of the game. Uh, really have loved my – I've been now an assistant for seven years. Just it, love my time with Coach Murphy at Northern Arizona, obviously my dad at Oklahoma, and, and TJ here the past few years. And I'm not sure if there's one specific moment uh, that there might be where you, you kind of wake up and realize, like, all right, I can do this. Uh, but I'm in, extremely confident. And that my experiences as a coach and, and a player uh, for six years after college, combined with the, the five years in college, uh, have prepared me for this. And uh, so going forward, I, I am confident um, that, that we can get it done. Uh, hey, Kevin, I'm just curious, uh, your priorities as far as keeping on the current roster and what conversations you've had with them so far? Um, yeah, we've, we've had ongoing discussions, um, and we will continue to do that. I think uh, we're, we're going to meet with the guys coming up here this week uh, individually and, and just kind of see where they're at. Um, you know, th- this is, this is going to be a program that is about them. You know, we, we want to make sure that they are happy, that they are comfortable, that, uh, that everything that they can want to do, not only in basketball but in life, is that we're doing whatever we can to help them along the way um, in that process. But... Just in terms of, of specifics, uh, you know, we're going to have discussions and, um, and, and figure out what's best for them and what's best for UNLV and, and just hopefully really at the end we can, we can just help them in any way they want to and, and hopefully it's here and we can make that happen going forward. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll meet individually here coming up and, and go from there. Kev, I, I didn't kind of hear the last one, but, um, do you, you know, you were the first one really to take advantage of the transfer rule and that was kind of a – a huge thing back then, and now you've got a portal with so many kids in it. Do you find it, well, one, I'm sure you never thought it was going to be this big in the transfer portal, but do you kind of find that ironic that you'll probably now go into this portal to recruit guys, and you're the one who kind of started this? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether to say thank you for that, uh, if that's a compliment. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the transfer portal is what it is today, and um, it's, a, it's a huge part of the college game going forward, and it'll continue to probably – be that way. I, I think each year for the next couple of years, we're probably going to see record numbers in the portal. Um, but uh, it is something that, you know, when somebody is transferring, uh, we do have firsthand experience of it and, and what it's like and what's going to be experienced and uh, what they're going to go through. And, and, as, and especially even in the city, um, UNLV being closely tied with Las Vegas is a, is a great place to be. It's a great place to play basketball, and, um, it, but it is unique. And we appreciate that, and, uh, and we want people to, that are going to want to be here and play basketball here, get a degree from here. But, um, yeah, just in terms of the portal, I, I think uh, it's going to be one of those things that is going to be a huge part of college basketball going forward, as it already has been for the last handful of years. Hi, Kevin. Congratulations. Uh Bob, quick, the neighbors, there they go again. Every weekend, and they're gone for the night. Where do you think they go? Maybe some kind of marriage retreat? Oh, right, with golf clubs? Go ask them when they get back. 
they're back. They've been going to Casablanca Resort in Mesquite on that $99 room and golf getaway. Sometimes they go for the $99 room and spa getaway. They love it. Hey, we can afford $99. Book your $99 room and golf or spa getaway today at mesquitegaming.com or call 877-GETAWAY. Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, just like Vegas used to be. Must be 21 years or older. Coach's Corner continues. And welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. Here is part two of new head coach Kevin Kruger of the Running Rebs. Just a couple of questions as far as uh, your short-term goal for this program and for this roster, obviously, in the immediate future and, of course, uh, for the program moving forward. Um, Some short-term goals, yeah. I think uh, we want to continue to build on a lot of the things we've done. Um, a lot of things have been put in place, but we, we definitely want to, you know, continue to progress. And um, obviously that, that li- ends with, you know, winning games and, and, and guys graduating. And those things go hand in hand. But uh, I think we just need to continue to elevate and, uh, and ri- raise the level of expectations that we have, um, continuing to get guys in here that want to be here, want to be Rebels, uh, want to get to the NCAA tournament and compete for conference championships. And, uh, and, and really, I think just there may not be anything tangible that we can, we can commit to, but uh, I think our, our first goal in the short term is just to continue to get guys that, that want to compete and want to fight and, and want to get out there and play with an edge and represent the city that a lot of uh, Las Vegans feel you know, is the way they're represented with, with a fighter's mentality. And uh, so, yeah, just to lead off in the short term, I think we're just going to fight. We're going to compete. We're going to have a team that's easy to root for, um, diving on the floor, making plays for each other, uh, get the Thomas and Mac crowd on their feet. Because uh, uh, we all know this town knows basketball. And, you know, they, they appreciate the, the hustle and the grit and the determination when those guys make those hustle and winning plays. So, uh, yeah, I think in the short term, that's, what, that's how we'll go forward. Hey, Kevin, uh, apologies if you've already covered some of this, but um, what are your on the court in terms of, you know, what are some of your philosophies on the way you want to play? What kind of team do you see this being year in and year out? What do you want to define this team on the court? Um, our, our philosophy, we're going to want to dictate tempo offensively and defensively. We're, we're going to want to have a team that is aggressive and, and, and excited and determined um, Offensively, we, we're really going to rally and center around making plays for each other. Uh, we, we want guys out there that enjoy, you know, getting somebody else an open shot, uh, kicking the ball up ahead for a teammate to make a play, getting an offensive rebound that leads to a big basket at a critical moment. Um, those types of things will be the, the pillar of what we do offensively. Um, in terms of, of philosophy or se- uh, specific sets, I think those will just kind of be under the umbrella of that mentality and that mindset. Um, defensively, yeah, absolutely. We want to dictate. We want to get up into people, and we want to, we want to force the issue and, and just control the, the outcome of each possession. And I think, uh, you know, having the guys in the mentality to, uh, to compete and fight, you know, will be what we kind of center our philosophy and our approach going forward defensively. Hey, sorry about that. Hey, Kevin, kind of how do you see uh, you filling out your, your staff there and, Maybe looking for. Uh, I mean, what are, you, what are you kind of looking for in your staff? Um, yeah, I think we're, we're going to continue to have ongoing conversations, just like with with the players and 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 the staff is going to be. We're going to be excited. We're going to be, but uh, you know, competitive, 
And um, at the end of the day, guys that have the same values that the entire UNLV family has. And uh, first and foremost with that being here for the guys, here for the players. This is their team. This is their program right now. And uh, everybody that we're going to be involved with from the UNLV basketball family will, there will be no confusion that, you know, we're, we're here for them. And um, so whether it be whoever or wherever on staff is, uh, has that mentality and, and has that approach every day uh, of just putting the guys first. Hi, Kevin. Um, as a couple of the other guys have done, I apologize if you covered this. The auto is a little spotty, so I'm not sure if you brought this up. What I did hear is a couple of times you say that getting players here that want to be here, that want to be a Rebel, that understand the Rebel program. But from a coaching standpoint, We've seen a couple of coaches come in here and their dream is to have a head coaching job, but possibly their dream is to eventually return. I read Ed Graney's column today. There was a quote from 2019 that you were coming home. How important is it for everybody involved, including guys that you're recruiting, to understand that this is your dream job in UNLV, that this is the head coaching job you wanted and you're not going anywhere. You're here for the long haul. This is where you want to be. How important is that for your message to be to your recruits. Yeah, I mean, when those conversations come up with recruits, that if that is something that's brought up, we'll address it, of course. Uh, you know, this is not a stepping stone for me, uh, personally. Uh, I don't see, you know, five years in the future of being anywhere else or ten years in the future being anywhere else. Uh, having my, my daughter and wife, you know, have that same feeling of UNLV uh, that they get when they see that arch that I have would be beyond a dream come true because of everything that UNLV does mean to me uh, on a personal level. But, um, again, it's not a stepping stone at all. This is where we want to be. This is home. Um, growing up and moving around, uh, having the opportunity to, to get to know different people and live in different parts of the country, UNLV was, uh, aside with uh, Arizona State, was one of the first big decisions I had to make uh, for my life uh, going forward and, and the trajectory that that would take. So, uh, not only UNLV, but the city of Las Vegas has a special place in my heart. And um, I, I do feel that we'll, we'll share that with the guys because, again, at the end of the day, the, the experience uh, that they can have as a college uh, student-athlete um, in the city of Las Vegas and, and for the running Rebels uh, is just something that's just unique and, and can be just, just so special. So, uh, and hopefully they can, they can sense that when we talk to them that – that the goal is for one day when they're done playing here and they move on professionally in life that, that it means the same to them that it does to us. Because, uh, as I mentioned, the UNLV and the city of Las Vegas is, is just is as special as it gets to us. Okay, uh, you've, you've seen the Thomas and Mack Center full. Um, you've played in big games here. You've seen the fan support. Um, can you talk a little bit about the potential of this program and, you know, um, whether you think this program can get back there and what it's going to take? Well, absolutely. I think uh, we're, we're, that's, that's the plan, get it back there. Uh, you mentioned the Thomas and Mac being full, and, and I don't think there's any better venue. Um, when the Thomas and Mac is full and rocking and, and, and people on their feet with the fight song and the fireworks and everything that, that comes with a UNLV basketball game, but... Uh, and it has been, and recently. Um, not too long ago, it was one of the attendance leaders on the West Coast. And, and there's a great sense of pride in, in being a part of that and developing that into what it was for a handful of years. But 
to kind of go off on, on that a, a little bit, we, a lot of that is getting back with the community and with the alumni and, uh, and letting the city know this is their team. This is, uh, this is uh, something that they can come back, be a part of, a, a team they can root for, a team that kind of has the same reputation and approach uh, that they have every day. But um, absolutely, I mean, we're going to work our tails off to, to get people back into the Thomas and Mac and, and play a style of basketball that, that the city will be proud of and that UNLV fans uh, across the country will be proud of. Yeah, but I'm just curious um, if any of the former Rebels before your time, during your time, I know it's just been about less than 12 hours now, or, or no, a little more than 12 hours. Um, who have you gotten text messages from, any of the past Final Four guys, any, like I said, any of your teammates? Yeah, the, the, the level of support and, and that we've gotten as a family is, is through the roof. Um, and not just from former players, but uh, the people that we've gotten to know in Las Vegas over the last 15, 16 years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be hard to name everybody, and I, I know I'd leave some people out, but players dating back to the, to the 70s, um, all the way up to just recently, guys that I, that I never played with or, or just graduated a few years ago have also reached out just uh, with their excitement and support. And I think that that's meant a lot to us, uh, to get that, that uh, support and appreciation and, and happiness you know, from Rebel supporters is really, is really exciting, really encouraging, and um, something that we haven't had time yet to reach out back to everybody, but uh, we absolutely will. Um, every single person that's called or text will we'll make it a point to reach out and thank them and, and let them know that, you know, the, the, that this is their program, this is their team, and uh, hopefully with COVID permitting, you know, having open practices again, uh, having situations and, and events where, where the guys can meet and mingle with the city um, to let them know the amount of support and appreciation and, and the level of, uh, of, of excitement that this, this town can have for them, I think it is vital when going forward for UNLV because there are very few places like it in the country. Hey, Kevin, what are some of the uh, traits you learned from your dad? Because, um, you know, you go back to when, when he was here and you played for him, obviously, and you know, and you coached with him. He, he didn't hear anyway. He didn't go out and get the five-star, four-star guys. But he got guys that worked together well and were committed and played as a team. Um, what's kind of your philosophy that way in terms of recruiting players and just some of the traits that you took from your dad? Um, I think – the, the one that comes to mind is, you know, when you talk about him, I think anybody that's gotten to know him is uh, you, you can sense pretty quickly his competitiveness and, uh, uh, <laughs> and how much he enjoys uh, getting after it and competing. But at the end of the day, I think the one thing that's been instilled in me from both, both my parents is that, that nothing comes above the team. And uh, finding the right blend and the right mix is far more important than signing one guy or two guys that just grab the most attention. Um, we've got to create a situation and, and continue to build on, you know, lifting each other up. I think that's one thing that his teams have always done well and that I've learned and, and is just really promoting an atmosphere where they want each other to genuinely do well. And when you can do that and you can find that right blend, 
uh, we, we can do a lot of great things on the court, regardless of the accolades coming out of high school. So uh, yeah, going back, uh, I just think finding the right blend, putting the right group of people together that have the same values um, really can just uh, allow you to reach the, your ultimate goals as a team. Hey, Kevin, this is actually Sam Gordon with the Review Journal. Um, wanted to check in with you. Um, obviously, TJ made it a point to recruit locally. Is that something that, that you plan to continue as well? And how important is it to, to recruit locally, um, given the, the burgeoning uh, high school talent that there is here in Las Vegas? Yeah, absolutely. Las Vegas, it, it, it'll be important to us. Um, it, it's become uh, one of the greatest sports cities, not just basketball cities in the country. You know, the, the addition of, of professional teams, uh, Allegiant Stadium, being built, the Golden Knights doing what they're doing, uh, the amount of, of people that are moving here, bringing their families has, has raised the level of competition in the city um, pretty quickly. Um, so we will absolutely make it a focus to, to show the, not just the players, but again the community that, that this is their team. And hopefully by the way we do things and the way we go about our life and the way we coach and play, uh, the young people of Las Vegas will want to grow up and be rebels. Um, I think that that's, that will be vital going forward. Hey, Kevin, sorry, let me just ask you this kind of off topic just a little bit. Um, a friend of mine uh, suggested this. I wonder if you'd be up for it, getting a, uh, a Rick and a Richard Patino and a Lon and a Kevin Kruger game here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Would you be up for that and make that call to your dad? Sure, sure, why not? We can get that done, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Remember Old Vegas where the golf courses were right outside your door? The Casablanca in Mesquite is just like Vegas used to be. Now at bookmesquitegolf.com, you can build your own room and golf getaway starting at $100. Mesquite golf packages draw golfers from all over the country to play on scenic and challenging courses. Stay in a deluxe tower room and choose from six golf courses, all within a six-minute drive from the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Build your own golf getaway at bookmesquitegolf.com. Choose from six unique and challenging courses for every golfer. Find the course to match your skill level. The Palms, Falcon Ridge, Conestoga, Oasis Palmer, Oasis Canyons, or Casablanca Golf Club. So pack your clubs and reserve a tee time. Go to bookmesquigolf.com and customize your perfect golf getaway at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Stay at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. It's just like Vegas used to be. Welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. And coming off of a loss last night to the L.A. Kings, the Vegas Golden Knights return home to play the St. Louis Blues tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop. But we've got Riley Smith, Mark Stone, and Pete DeBoer talking about the loss at the L.A. Kings and not having Max Pacioretty in and also... Uh, Petrangelo not being able to play is having an effect, and their power play just seems to just not be working. So you'll hear them talk about that. This is courtesy of the Vegas Golden Knights website. Really, you guys obviously made a push there in the third, but um, was putting yourself in that hole after two periods just too much to overcome? Yeah, I don't think even in the third period we got enough good shots from um, scoring zones. So um, they did a good job shooting to the outside and. Um, they're going to question for Riley goes to Jesse Granger, the athletic. 
Hey, Riley, I know you guys, based on the talent on the ice, should obviously feel a lot better on the power play. Do you think the plays are, are there to be made and just need to be executed better, or do you think maybe you guys need to try something different? I mean, we're trying a lot of different things. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, you know, we can Next, we'll go to Brian Blessing from the Vegas Hockey Hotline. Riley, as the season moves along, I mean, you, you look at the sense of desperation, big game for every team, but, you know, the Kings look at that to get right back into the playoff race. Do you sense the desperation now uh, against the opposition? Um, I think any time you play the same team um, back-to-back games, when they lose the first game, it's going to be a little bit of added desperation on the second night. So, um, you know, that happens every couple games this year. So, um I don't think it has too much to do with the playoff standings right now. It's just more teams don't want to lose to them all. Next question goes to Justin Emerson, Las Vegas Sun. You guys were pushing in that third period and Nosek got the goal, I guess. Just how crushing to the psyche, or however you want to put it, was Carter's breakaway goal there? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, sometimes when you're pushing too much offensively, you give up on main rushes, and that's what happened there. Time for two more here with Riley Smith. Next, we'll go to David Shane, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Hi, Riley. Kind of same question, but just did you feel like there was a momentum swing uh, after the challenge, uh, and then then them scoring the goal? Sorry. Um, too much of a momentum swing, but um, when you get those two goals in two minutes. It's obviously going to change the game a lot. Um, you know, we were playing catch up the rest of the week. Last question for Riley Smith. We'll go back to Brian Blessing, Vegas Hockey Hotline. Riley, you guys have done a really good job all year long. You, not to get a, an extended losing streak, the, the best aspect that is get right back to work tomorrow. Yep. Try uh, to turn the page quickly. Um, you know, we play so many games in. A uh, short period of time, so you're not going to win them all, but you got to make sure that you don't let one game snowball into two or three. So um, tomorrow's a big one for us now. Hey, Mark, you guys made a push there for a bit in the third, but um, was putting your guys yourself down to nothing after two just too much of a hole to overcome? I mean, we lost the game, so I guess yeah. Um, you can't come back every every night. Uh, can't be putting yourselves in holes, but. Um, I think overall, the last two, three weeks, we've been playing pretty good hockey. Um, had a bit of a letdown today. Next question for Mark goes to Justin Emerson, Las Vegas Sun. Hey, you guys were pushing real well there in the third, and then the Nosek goal came, and I guess they scored about a minute later. So I guess just how deflating is that for the group when they score right after you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're a chance to get the goalie out uh, down the goal. Um, you know, we give up a breakaway. Uh, Obviously, it's deflating and hard to score. Uh, two goals in this league with the, with the goal, you know, it doesn't happen very often. Next, we'll go to Jesse Granger, The Athletic. Mark, I know you guys want the power play to be better than it has been. Do you, do you think the plays are there to be made? Like, do you see the plays and just the execution isn't there, or do you think you need to try something else, maybe? We've tried everything. Um, we've done different units. We've done different everything. We're just uh, not executing. I mean... Pretty puck rolls off the stick, back door, empty net, uh, puck spinning. 
Um, it's a bad break. Uh, if I get a little Marsha so shot in the second, probably top corner. Uh, and five on three, um, we have chances. Uh, they just don't score. I mean, Stevie, right before that, it was a great play. We just uh, inches. Um, I don't really know what else more we can do. We just got to uh, get some pucks in there and find ways to score. Next, we'll go to David Shane from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Hi, Mark. Just to kind of follow up with that, is this is that where you missed Max, especially tonight on the power play and especially the five on three? Yeah, I mean, we took 16 goals out of our lineup. Uh, not easy, uh, but uh, we're not the only team that's going through injuries. We have a condensed schedule. Um, guys are going to miss game, a game or two here and there. Uh, uh, guys got to step up. Um, uh, can't just have one or two guys going uh, every night. Um, our best line is obviously Reaver with uh, Nose and Nicole in the third period. They played really well. Got lots of chances. Um, I think we had tons of looks. Um, Got to find ways to score goals. I mean, uh, it's the NHL. Uh, the opponent you're playing against is, is good every single night. Um, best teams uh, consistently find uh, different ways to produce. Um, we didn't do that. Hey, Pete. Uh, you guys made a push there in the third, but was you know, going down two nothing after too too big of a hole for you guys to overcome. Yeah, too little, too late. Um, you know, I, I've talked since the beginning of the year about, about beating the team twice, uh, how tough it is, and especially in their building. And and they came with a lot of desperation. You know, that second period we just weren't sharp enough. Uh, and that's coaches included. You know, poor a poor challenge by us that cost us a goal and. Um, you know, they won a, a lot of the battles in the second period, which really, you know, set the game up. And I still, I still thought we had a chance in the third. We had a, an opportunity to push to get back in it with the power play and some of the pressure we put on. But uh, you know, you can't, you can't put yourself in the spot we did uh, with the second period we had. Go to Justin Emerson, Las Vegas Sun. Hey, Justin. Hey, you just kind of touched on it there, but they do you think that the momentum shifted with that their first goal and then they get the power play goal right after and I and then on that also what did uh I guess what did you see on the on the challenge? Yeah, um for sure. I, I think the whole second period was was their momentum. I think even you know, even prior to them scoring, you know, they came out in the second period and just were were the hungrier team. They were winning all the battles, all the races. Um you know, the, the challenge didn't help. Um, you know, we don't get uh, a good feed at the bench level, so we're relying on our behind-the-scenes cameras and people. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, they felt that uh, that there was contact with Flurry. I think, uh, you know, when I got in at the end of the period and got a chance to really look at some different views, I, I think, uh, you know, that it was probably a marginal call. And the, the refs probably got it right. So, uh, you know, I would have liked to see us kill that. I think we compounded it by, by making some mistakes on the penalty kill. Next question tonight goes to David Shane from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, David. Hi, Pete. I know there was an update given by the team on Max. I was just going to ask in terms of if you felt like you missed him on a power play, especially tonight, and with regard to that, you know, like five on three specifically. Yeah, you, we miss him. I mean, he's our leading goal scorer, so you miss him. And, and you miss Peter Angelo, too. I mean, those are, those are two pretty key guys for us. But uh, we, 
we've done this all year. We've, we've uh, had next man up and, and guys step in. And, you know, we, we had enough in the lineup to win that game tonight. Uh, you know, we just didn't get it done. Next question goes to Brian Blessing, Vegas Hockey Outline. Brian. Hey, Pete, sorry to belabor the point on the challenge, but the initial contact by Kopitar, I guess, play extended. There was a scramble for another three, four, five seconds afterwards. So it, would that be the determination that he got back into the play and then the challenge for you to make that decision? And then can you learn from these challenges to apply a decision down the road? Oh, for sure you can. You know, you, you have to. And, uh, you know, you're always looking for that, that line on, uh, on what goalie interference is and what isn't. I think, I think the deciding factor ended up being that they felt McNabb pushed Kopitar into the goalie. Um, you know, there's no doubt there was contact. Uh, their determination was that, uh, that we pushed them in, and that was the, the deciding factor. Time for two more questions for Pete. Next one, go to Jesse Granger, The Athletic. Jesse. Hey, Pete, I know obviously missing Max and Petrangelo is a big hit to the power play, but um, I asked the guys about the power play, and they mentioned they're trying a lot of different things. Are you seeing progress, and do you see progress being made, and, like, is there reason to believe it's getting there? I think so. Um, You know, I I think that, uh, you know, it it obviously hasn't been – as good as we wanted it to be. Um, I think uh, um, that uh, it started to feel real dangerous a couple weeks ago, and then I thought we slid back into uh, where we had been before a little bit recently, and I I thought tonight it it started to feel dangerous again. You know, even though we didn't score, um, you know, I I thought we had some some good looks and opportunities. Smitty has an empty net uh, off the O shot right at the end of the second, I believe. I think, you know, we stick that in the net and, and it's a different game. We feel better about it. So uh, I, I think we recognize it, that uh, it, it wasn't good. And I thought uh, we're, we're moving towards uh, getting it back to where it belongs again. Last question goes to Danny Webster with NHL.com. Good day. Hey, Pete, I don't want to use the phrase looking ahead, but knowing that you get to come back tomorrow and try this again, is it is this a little bit easier to just crumple up, throw away, and just move on to the next one? Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, you know, but uh, this is uh, a lot of games this week. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's the tough part is going to be moving into tomorrow energy-wise. Uh, St. Louis is sitting there waiting for us, and, we're traveling back today after playing back-to-back here. So, um, you know, I think mentally for sure, physically, uh, we've got to recharge and get ready for a real tough team for this team tomorrow. Coach's Quarter continues. Welcome to Coach's Quarter on the Highway Radio Network. Drive 96.9, 94.9. And we've got a great guest, Christian Adderson from Mesquite gaming's group sales department so christian welcome to the show thanks coach thanks for having me on so uh you've you've had this for years but it's not really kind of well known but you've you've basically become a one-stop shop for whether it's a a small group or you know a large group uh you can handle all their golf hotel stays restaurants and you've got a wide variety of—I can't believe how many courses you're associated with. 
Yeah, you know, with us being a, a great golf destination known across the country, you know, we, we have a great team here that will take care of everything for a group. And, and that group can be 10 rooms and 16 golfers all the way up to, you know, 144 players and right. 75 rooms. Our group sales department will take care of any group of any size, and we make it really easy. We know how hard it is for a group leader to plan and get their, get their you know, people that come with our group to different courses. We're going to take care of booking those tea times, booking hotel rooms, collecting rooming lists, payments, and we pay the courses directly. Right. Um, so the, the groups really, it makes it easy for them to come out from the ski. And when they get here, really enjoy their trip with their group. And that's the most important thing. Well, and you you know, I, I, I'm looking at this list here that you have. I mean, you on the way, if you're coming from Vegas, you, you've got Coyote Springs that you have a relationship with. If you're coming down from Utah, you've got courses in St. George, which are some great courses, Sand Hollow and Sky Mountain, the ledges, and then Coral Canyon. You, you, you I mean, you can, you know, not to mention the courses you have in Mesquite proper with Casablanca and the Palms, uh, Conestoga, Falcon Ridge, uh, Oasis Palmer Golf Club and Oasis Canyons Golf Club. So, I mean, you've got an unbelievable variety of courses from everything from, you know, basically easy courses to play to as hard as you want to make them. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the, the golf in this region is you can come for a four- or five-day trip, play golf every day. You're not playing the same course every day. Some some destinations, you go play desert golf, you're playing a desert golf course every day. Right. You come play the Casablanca, you're, you're playing a, a classic desert-style golf course. You go play the Palms the next day, and you got an elevation change of a 115 feet in our signature par five yeah. uh, at the Palms. I mean, it, it is amazing the, the quality of golf that we have in this region, and and it's all within six minutes of your hotel if you're playing mesquite. And St. George is an easy drive, just 35 miles north, and then obviously Coyote Springs, really a hidden gem in Nevada. Yeah. Um, if you're coming out of Vegas, you can play it on your way up to Mesquite, or even on your way out of town, on your way back down to Vegas. It's you, you got to have it in your rotation. It's a fantastic golf course. Well, it's, uh, if if people are interested in it, they can go to salesatmesquitegaming.com or call 888-711-4653, or they can go to your regular website, visitmesquitegaming.com, uh, for more information. Yeah, those are great places to go. And, and on our website, you can fill out a request for proposal. Let us know how many in your group. And then one of our sales team, our concierge, will reach directly out to you give you pricing on all the golf courses you, you want, or if you just want more information, they'll get you all the information you need so you make the right decisions for your group to come stay at the Casablanca and play some great golf up here in Mesquite, Nevada. Yeah, well, as I said, I mean, I used to do this, um, but, you know, my, mine was way more trickier than yours. I mean, I had a I had established relationships with different, you know, hotels, uh, different courses. Uh, you've got the hotel in your back pocket, basically, um, you've got great food, you've got great restaurants, you've got Catherine Steakhouse, and, you know, currently we're in stone crab season. Um, so, I mean, you've got a real, real plus, I think, for anybody that's interested in coming up there and playing as a group. Um, they, you know, it's like I said, it's a one-stop shop. I mean, you can take care of their hotel, you can do meals for them, uh, you, can, you can get them, you book, book them at other clubs, um, so if you're the group leader, I used to call it, you know, trying to herd, herd cats sometimes when you deal with the group leader, uh, with the players, um, you just make it so easy for those guys and you make them look like superstars. 
Yeah, you know, and, and, and we try to give great benefits to that group leader because, like you said, it's, it is like herding cats and you're trying <laughs> to get people going about five different directions. So when you when you book your group, and, it, and it, it's it's the minimum is 10 rooms, 16 golfers. So if you're there or way above that, here's what we're going to do for that group leader. We're going to take care of the hotel room, whether they stay at the Casablanca or the Virgin River, wherever the group's staying. And then if they book tea times with, with their group at the Casablanca or Palms, we're taking care of that group leader's uh, tea time there yeah. as well. So yeah. we, we know how difficult it is. That group leader can come, you know, not, not worry about money out of their pocket for the, the hotel and those two courses if they book their group there. And in addition, you know, we have a great catering team. If you're looking to, to have a Calcutta or something, you know, while the group's here, we can do a little uh, catered event out by the pool or one of our meeting rooms, and it can really turn that group into a first-class experience and just people just having a good time on and off the golf course, and that's what you get when you stay at the Casablanca and you bring your group up here. Yeah, you'd be foolish not to take advantage of this situation if you've got a small group or even a larger group. I mean, say you've got 35 guys, um, you know, one call does it all. One call does it all, and, and with those bigger groups, we'll set up shotgun starts for them. So, yeah. again, the idea is to have your group be together. And, you know, the, the shotgun start with those 40 or more players, works out great because you all start at the same time you're all done at the same time yep then you guys get back to the the casablanca enjoy that great pool back there and really just enjoy the whole trip together and and makes it one to remember that's for sure well it's a, i think this is really uh beneficial information to get out there because like i said you've been doing this for a while but you know with the addition of some of these courses that you've added um and like i said with you doing you know basically you take over the group Anything that's golf-related, hotel stays, meals if they want, um, you know, the golf stuff, you know, you'll do closest to the pins. You'll do all that, you know, the, the crazy games that sometimes these groups want to play. Um, but you'll take care of all that. And as I said, you make the group leader look like a superstar to these groups. And in, in my experience, once you do that, then they want to come back. And with your variety of courses, why wouldn't you want to come back? Because as you said – you're not going to play the same course twice. Absolutely, and, and that's what we do with the majority of our golf groups. When they come through, they've had such a great time that we chat with them you know, while they're here, and, and we get them booked for the next year. You know, they're, they're ready to come back and bring their group back, and you, you said it. The, the next thing, that, the biggest decision they have to make for the next year, what course rotation we want to play because the hotel's already there, and you get to experience all the great courses in Mesquite and St. George. And in addition, County Springs. Uh, so, yeah, you can really change things up year after year and make it feel like a fresh trip each and every year when you come to Mesquite, Nevada at the Casablanca Resort. Yeah, we've been talking with Christian Anderson uh, with the uh, group sales department at the Casablanca Hotel. So, 888-711-4653. Or you can go visit www.mesquitegaming.com for some more information. So, Christian, thank you very much for this information. Uh, I think it's been very beneficial to our listeners. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it.